We have no intro, so I figured I'd hum our way into this episode. Another edition of the Sucka Voice Radio Hour, as the logo says right now. But this is the Sucka Voice Radio Show, something like that. I mean, the the name kills me each and every time. I like Sucka Voice. I'm not sure whether I like Sucka Voice Radio or Sucka Voice Show. Dave, I know you like radio because your other shows are show, so... Uh, who, whatever, who cares, right? I mean, however it comes out of the mouth is how it comes out. I, I'm fond right now of uh, Sucker Voice Radio Hour. You know, we might go and we Voice might. Radio Hour. It looks good on the logo as well. Right, it's all it's all about the typeface. Um, a lot of things in life have been created based on marketing alone. You know what I mean? Like a lot, a oh. lot of slogans, yeah. a lot of a lot of things that we think are facts. Uh, true to life were made up by um, greedy men uh, drinking bourbon early in the morning, coming up with slogans and ways of selling product. So radio hour, you know, it might not be an hour. It might be it might be 35 minutes. Uh, false advertisement. I, I understand. It might go over an hour. But when was the last time you listened to Ariel Hawani show? I mean, that show's four hours long. So Yeah, so it should have an S on the end. Right. So, anyways, we're, we'll roll with this for now. If if the time comes when uh, people demand change, you know what I mean, we'll, we'll change it. But for now, it's uh, I like the Sucker Voice Radio Hour. Sounds good to me. And my first question, my first question, when I was wondering if we were going to have a, a, a theme song, a, a an intro to this show at at this stage, but you answered that. You what? Oh, we don't. We definitely need to yeah, have one. Yeah. I'm not sure. We'll discuss that. We can discuss that on air if you well, want. Well, what we haven't... I mean, whatever, but... What we haven't done is we haven't drawn the line of duties yet. You know what I mean? Like, what needs to be done? I did a logo. You you, you, yeah. uh, you do the intro. I think that's fair. But, I mean, like I said, we Sounds we, we haven't drawn the line on, on what and what. What should be in this intro? What should it say? These are... these are. That's exactly what I was going to say. These are hard questions. Intros are... are you know, intros are sort of a... I don't know. MMA intros especially, they kill me. And actually, intros to shows in general, I absolutely hate. And and I'll be honest, even my own show, when I re-listen to it, um, I fast-forward that intro. I press that 30-second skip button. For the Voice Boy show, I skip past... I know exactly, you know, when Murmur goes, na-na-na-na, that the show's gonna start. So I skip right to that point. Because I've heard the intro songs enough. But every show does need an intro, because for those first-time listeners, they need to have that little jingle, I think. Well, it gives them a brief... It's like a trailer for a movie. It gives you a kind of an idea of what you're getting yourself into. It's funny you say that you skip forward. The only... The only podcast that I think I actually listen to the intro song is the Joe Rogan show, and that's because I know the ads are over. The same, the yes. same way you use the na 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 with Murmur. I'm like, okay, fine. The intro. He's he stopped selling on it. He stopped selling uh, Blue Crate or fucking Model underwear or whatever the fuck else <laughs> the homeboy's selling. Um, Flashlight and squatty potties. Anyways. Uh, does that does that mean does that mean that because so you know I know your intro song so well that I know that when I get to the na 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 that the show's about to start does that mean that you should revamp it 
and do a new one because, hey, then I might listen to it? Uh, no, because I don't. So long as you're listening to the actual content, I, I don't care if you li- if you skip the uh, 30, 30 second intro. That's fine. I'm cool with it. I'm fine. I don't I don't hold it against but, you. Your 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 uh, Christmas card will still come in the mail. You'll get your 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 <laughs> birthday uh, uh, congratulations through Facebook. You know what I mean. Everything will change. Nothing will change. Everything will stay the same. I I, I understand. And it shows you that I do know the intro song because I know everything that's going down in it. I have listened to it numerous times. I just know where I need to get to to get to the nitty gritty. Yeah, so now all you need to do is come up with one for the vo- uh, the Suck a Voice uh, radio hour, and we'll and we'll be fine because it has to describe both of us. But since you know mine so well, you, and you have the insight into who I am through listening to the show, I don't even have to input you know it's not necessary you should just be able to pull it so let's let's get cracking and then and then there's time frame like well not time frame but time stamp wise i i personally think intro should be like 30 seconds max that's fine yeah 30 seconds seems you know if you go 45 you're you're really stretching that's uh that's long in the tooth at that point all right but if, perfect we're on the same wavelength yeah, so i think we're fine and do we have an outro I mean, these are hard, hard questions that that the listeners might or might not want to know. And transitions in the show, you know. I usually just use a, a radio rewind or something like that when leading in between us chatting and a, and a guest so that there's a little, it doesn't just go, hey, me talking, you talking, guest. You know, we can have a little transition or a little bump as they like to call it, I believe, right? Uh, yeah. There's other other meanings for the word bump, but nothing that I'm going to get to on this show. Let's, uh, <laughs> who, uh, okay, what did I, oh, what did I, okay. So it does look, the one thing I wanted to get into today before we, because we, we have a guest, correct? We have a guest on today? We do have a guest. So, the first guest on the Sucker Voice Radio Hour. Um, so before he gets on, and I know we're in a little bit of a, a, a time frame, um, it does look like things are coming closer and closer. And this is something that we'll probably talk about on every show because it is, it is the number one thing in combat sports right now that is be, being discussed. Um, we're getting solid date. Uh, well, not by solid, solid month of September coming out of a few camps and a few websites, whether they're reputable or not. I'm still, whether there's smoke, there's fire for Conor McGregor versus Floyd, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. It's a tough one for me. I think it's gonna happen. I've had a guy that wrote an article over at MMASucker dot com that is as hard on it that it's not gonna happen. That he's written an article that says it it like definitively will not happen. Um, I'm hoping. Not because I'm super interested in the match. To be honest, I'll watch it, obviously, as will everyone else in the MMA hemisphere and boxing and whatnot. I'll watch it because it's going to be a spectacle. Is this not the biggest thing in combat sport history? Oh, for sure. By by a landslide. So you're saying this is bigger than Ali Foreman? This is is like anything that... Ali had done in his day, this is going to be bigger than that. I think so because it's it's not just boxing. It's the whole crossover the crossover sport of mixed martial arts to boxing. And, you know, this is something that Bob Arum, you know, who back in the day hated on mixed martial arts and, and couldn't stand it and thought it was a caveman sport. 
this is going to prove whether mixed martial arts is legit or not. I mean, yes, Conor McGregor is coming in and he's going to be just boxing, but he's coming over as an MMA guy. And you, and so you just don't feel there's there's merit there. What I don't get it. No, what I mean is, I I think that it's going to prove it if Conor McGregor, obviously, I, in my mind, he has no shot whatsoever against Floyd Mayweather. Not even Mayweather a, not even a puncher's greatest. chance. You don't even think that. Not yeah, he's got a puncher's chance for sure because he can make openings happen. And Mayweather is a super defensive boxer, and and he backs up. And if Conor can somehow you know, close that distance, he does definitely have a puncher's chance because he has rocks in those fists, and we've seen that in the MMA cage. Who do you think will be the <sighs> faster striker? I think Connor will, to be honest with you. At this point in Floyd's age? career, he's getting up there in age. 27 versus 40? I, I Connor, yeah, I think Connor. I don't know, man. It's such a, It's such a weird thing to even think about, to be honest with you. It's like all those times when people asked if Ronda Rousey could beat men. It was just a stupid question, but this one's actually going to happen. And I don't know. I, I sort of, I, I can't even wrap my brain around it at this point until it actually occurs, until it's actually set in stone that it's going to happen. To even go over what's going to happen inside that ring, I don't know. I As you said, we'll be talking about this each and every episode probably. It's going to be one of those things that people aren't going to want to hear about anymore. I myself don't want to hear about it anymore until it's actually a legit match that is legitimately signed on paper. It's it's sort of getting sort of long in the tooth. Uh, I'm going to consume it. I'm going to continue to consume all of the all of the rumors, all of these little things. It's just... I love it. I'm 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 buying in. I think, and not only is it going to bring over um, boxing fans, MMA fans. I think the 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 common f- individual that's walking down the street that's going to see the billboard, he's going to want to see this. An MMA guy versus a boxing guy for the first time ever in in boxing rules because we have had um, boxers obviously come over to MMA. Um, yeah, I think we're going to get the pro wrestling fans. I think, without a doubt, it's. Pay-per-view-wise, numbers, um, clicks, all of likes, um, comments, without a doubt, it's going to be the biggest thing in combat sport. Without a doubt. It, nothing, just with the technology and where we're at in today with society, um, uh, smartphones at our fingertips that we can consume um, the, the comings and goings of this fight, it without a doubt, would be bigger than anything that has ever happened. I mean, back in the day, not to take anything away from uh, Muhammad Ali and what he did, it was just a uh, a smaller window. You, you, I mean, it's things are just grown to such a degree that they could be con- the consume what you can consume so easily. You know what I mean? Just there was like there was like telegraph back then, like that, 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 like. Oh my God, Foreman hit him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, he's, he's, he's going into the corner, folks. You know, it's just it's just so different nowadays. Technology at the fingertips, it just changes the game. Okay, so the question I have for you regarding this then. Floyd Mayweather wins this match. He's a boxer. Fine. His day goes on. He continues as a boxer. He may retire. Who knows? He loses this match. It kills his whole sort of legacy 
yes, he's undefeated up until this point, but he got beat by a mixed martial artist if he loses this fight. Conor McGregor loses this fight. Does it really do anything to his career in mixed martial arts? I don't think so. But if he wins, it blows him up even more than he already has. What does this really do for Floyd Mayweather? Money. This, as I, I said, knew you were going to say that. <laughs> as I said, this is going to be the biggest thing in combat sport history. Not just boxing, not just pro wrestling, not just MMA. Combat sports, everything combined. And the money that it's going to bring in, the contract that if this for this fight to happen, the contract that is going to be put down in front of Floyd is is money that you and I, uh, generations of our families, couldn't generate. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> we, oh right? crap! We're talking it's, hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars that are going to that Floyd will actually get. And Connor, the I mean, the cool thing is, is that this guy came from absolutely nothing. And in, he was on friggin' welfare stamps three and, and a half years ago. Jesus Christ, he's yeah. eating blueberries to survive. No, he's. I mean, new, like the new money rich, and he lives like it's new money. Oh rich. yeah, and, and you know what? People talk about people talk about Michael Bisping and the storybook career that he's had. Look at Connor, man. Even just outside the cage, not even inside the cage, the storybook career that he's okay, had. Okay, here's the difference the that with that analogy. One is a fairy tale, and the other is storybook. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My, Mike's is a fucking fairy tale. Nine times out of ten, Luke wins that fight. Like 9.9 .9 times, Luke wins that fight. Something happened that night. <laughs> Fairy tale fucking ending. I love Michael Bisping for it. I think he deserves it. Uh, I could. I don't think it could have happened to a better uh, athlete as well. Somebody that just grinds out his wins. The losses that he did, that he has received, uh, were all cheaters. All cheaters. You know what I mean? Except for Rashad, maybe. Yeah. All cheaters. <clears throat> interesting. So, anyways, sorry, sorry, to, sorry to kill your analogy there. Fairy no, 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 fairy it didn't kill it at all. I, yeah. I love the fact that you see. I, I mean, that's what makes a good podcast is the fact that you're not going to agree with everything I say. Yeah, yeah I, I could very well say something and you go, "Yep, yep, exactly. Yep. That's cool. Well, I agree. Nope, but that that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> that thing you just said there. Yeah, that that that's yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Friday night, March thirty first, my birthday. Bellator 179, Rampage returns to the cage against King Mo Lawal. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Rampage looks like a bit of a slob these days. Uh, <laughs> are you excited to see him back in the cage? Uh, you know what? I'm always excited to see Rampage. I've always enjoyed Rampage, but uh, for the nostalgia aspect now, you know what I mean? Like, I remember those pride fights that he had, uh, his KO slams. Um, his his uh, power bomb over of Arona, you know what I mean? Those type of things go through my through my head. And then, but then, if you were to think of like his fight with Ryan Bader, or you know, he hasn't had a good real win, like a good solid win, in my opinion, since Vanderlei, his last Vanderlei fight. He's just put out. I don't think his training camps. He trained his ass off for John Jones. Like he'd had, he, I don't think he'd ever trained harder for that fight, and he truly thought he was going to win. He tried his hardest, but that was just um, too, too, just, just too big of a wall to climb. So 
And his last. Can you believe? Can, go ahead. Yeah. I, can you believe that at this point in his career, though, he's riding a five fight winning streak? Yeah, but he's also like, if you have a look at the competition, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, uh, who, like, who was it? Fanaki? Who is the Japanese dude that he. Satoshi yeah, Ishii. See, I mean, they're just. They're giving. And it was a split decision. They're giving him the fights necessary to, to pad that five win. And I, I lo- like, I, let me say, I love Rampage. He did get in there. He did fight these humans. He, he did get the win. But I guess what I'm saying is they're, they're, they're using Rampage the way you should be using somebody that is a legend of the sport. Yeah, for sure. And this is, as I said, Rampage versus King Mo number two. The first fight was so in the first fight In the first fight, oh, big time. And I don't think Rampage won that fight. I do. I do because do yeah, because King Mo uh, did a lot of holding and clinching against the fence, but didn't do anything with it. And I don't. And I, I sure you're controlling, but there's no damage. So in essence, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, you're stalling. It's like just being in somebody's guard. And I and I feel when somebody's against the fence, the referees will let it go a lot longer than if you're in somebody's guard and you're stalling. Just my opinion. So how do you see this one going down? You think Rampage comes in there and and wins this one, or does Lowall avenge the loss? And you know he was touted when he came into the sport as the greatest MMA wrestler. He had some phenomenal fights back in uh, Sengoku. Um, he fought Wicked in Bellator when he first started with them, and then he's been, as you say, very very lackluster. Do you think Lawal sort of returns to form, or is he just going to grind this one away like you think he did in the last one? Well, he's coming off a loss. So he's coming off a knockout loss to Krokop. I, bet. I don't believe he has fought since then. So I have two questions. Uh, where's his chin at? Where's his head at? You know what I mean? Like, this is this fight is being contested at heavyweight. So you, as you had said at the beginning, uh, Rampage is looking a little bigger than normal because he doesn't have to... He doesn't have to do as much. He doesn't have to make that uh, 205 weight cut. So he's just, um, you know, doing what, eating his fried chicken or whatever. I know he likes or certain foods. I'm not being racist. I mean, he actually likes fried chicken. <laughs> um, anyways, he likes he likes his food. I, I, at this stage of his life, too, after all those training camps and stuff, I get it. So he's going to have a little more power. But then he's also, you know, because he's not going to train as hard, his cardio is not going to be there. So, um. I'm thinking Rampage squeaks out a victory, but has the potential to knock out King Mo because I think I think King Mo's been taking a couple shots to the dome lately. That's uh, yeah. I'm actually leaning towards Rampage too in this. Yeah, one. And I'm just not impressed with King Mo. King Mo did come out and he was no, touted yeah, as- and that, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's not that I'm impressed with Rampage by any means, despite the five fight winning yeah. streak. It's that Lawal has looked. Less than average lately. Really? And that's... I, I think... Uh, and he was touted as yeah. the next big thing. Like, he was supposed to be this great new... But then he didn't sign with the UFC, and then... I don't know what it was. He he went uh, he went a different route. Exactly. All right. Well, we said we have a guest. Yeah. We're supposed um, to, right? That we do. Jeremy J.B.C. Kennedy coming off a giant victory... Um, in Brazil a couple weeks back. He will be joining us in a couple seconds here, but before we get into him, let's listen to his call-out post-fight 
after that bout with Honey Jason. But, uh, I mean, if I had to choose somebody who's not booked, I mean, uh, um, Elkins just fought last week. I think that would be, you know, a great fight for me. I mean, he's high up rankings. I think I match up great with him. Um, another guy who's not booked, who's pretty high up there, is Andre Feely. You know, those two guys, I, I mean, I would love to have either one of them. Nothing against them personally. I mean, I trained at Alpha Male before and stuff like that. I just think I match up great against those guys. And, I mean, with all these guys here, they can match me up with anybody. But if I can kind of call my own shots, I would love to, you know. So I'll be the first one to say, like, I want Elkins, I want Feely, I want somebody like that. You know, somebody coming off of a win that I think I match up great with. Joining us now, our very first guest on the Sucka Voice Radio Hour, Jeremy J.B.C. Kennedy. This guy is coming off a giant victory over Honey Jason in front of his hometown of Brazil. Uh, J.B.C., we just listened to the call-out uh, prior to having you on, uh, calling out Darren Elkins, Andre Feely. I guess, first off, congrats on the victory, man. That's giant in front of a Brazilian crowd. Oh, man, thank you. Yeah, it was a pretty cool experience. I bet. And, you know, the crowd as you walked out, you know, you get the you will dies and all that kind of stuff. What was that atmosphere like? That You said originally in our interview prior to the fight that you wanted to soak that all up. You you were excited about that. Was yeah. it everything you anticipated? Yeah, I mean, it was louder than I, 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 than I imagined, but that's because, like, the, the Rogers Marina crowd wasn't nearly as big. So I didn't really get that full effect on my first fight. And then uh, the weigh-ins kind of actually warmed me up pretty good because they were it was a packed packed weigh-ins and they were loud and they were chanting and booing and doing those, the you will die chants and everything like that. So I got a good idea of it and I was ready for it. It happened me up. And then uh, when I walked out to the fight, it was definitely louder because there was obviously way more people. But uh, I was in the zone at that point. And I was just exactly like if you watch the, well, the walkout, I'm kind of loving it, you know, I'm enjoying it, so it's good. And you did the whole, you know, you're, you wanted to pump them up, throwing the hands up in the air. Was that something you planned prior yeah. to? No, it's just something I kind of felt while I was doing it. I was like, okay, let's do it, you know. <laughs> People are yelling at me, let's, let's bring it louder. Stepped inside the cage, uh, cage door closes, Honey Jason ahead of you. You guys sort of you know, feeling out process not so long. Uh, the hands were thrown. It looked like you wanted to showcase the stand-up skill a little bit more than uh, you know your whole wrestling base. You, yeah. You, the, you know it, I, mean? I was surprised by that to be honest with you because we know JBC is a guy who likes to clinch the guy up against the cage. He likes to drag him down to the mat. He likes to grind away at him. But you were trying to showcase that stand-up, and and do you think that's what got you in trouble a little bit with those flying knees? No, I mean, I was I wanted to do that because, you know, I, I was I'm still growing, you know, and I want that ring time, in with that kind of fight, and uh, the people were saying that they thought I got hit with the flying knee in the first round, and that that wasn't uh, that didn't happen. It was I, I was throwing a push kick, and the camera angle was really crappy on that. But I was throwing a push kick, and he, uh, I think he was trying to do a, a flying knee or something. He was jumped into it, and I kind of like swooped out my my back leg. So I just slipped on that one. Okay. But in the second round, what what the problem was, was I was trying to time him coming in, you know, and uh, change levels there where, and then I adjusted in the third, but I, was, I wanted to back him up with my strikes. And then if I was going to take him down, do it off of my strikes, but not where in the second round, what I made the mistake was I was waiting for him to come in and be aggressive. And then I was trying to level change. 
And then obviously when the flying knee came, it was, it was a perfect setup on myself to get flying knee. So <laughs> I kind of, I kind of learned, I learned the hard way on that one. I think a lot of people thought once Jason got you down to the mat that, you know, you would be in trouble. He has a very strong top game. He's got a good Brazilian yeah. jiu-jitsu base, but you kept your composure on your back. You created space. You worked out of it. Um, were you at all surprised by yourself, by the fact that you were able to sort of create that much space? And, and were you proud of yourself for doing that? Well, it's definitely, a, like I said, definitely a good uh, confidence boost, you know, him being a third-degree black belt and all those finishes in the UFC and those submissions that I see him snapping on leading up to the fight. And, uh, but like I said, man, like people kept saying, oh, like you're a purple belt and he's a black belt. But if I'm being brash and being honest, like I, I'm a black belt in MMA grappling, you know, with that, with the cage, the wrestling, the ground and pound, the MMA transitions, not really playing jujitsu, you know, it's, I'm an MMA grappler black belt that way I look at it. And I, I think I proved it there. You know, I sat in the black belt's guard, no problem. I, was, I passed his guard. I was, had him in turtle there and I was, you know, just overall just winning and all the transitions and that's my style you know I, I i've created that and training with viviano leading up to the fight i knew this guy's guard was good but he's not he's not viviano in the guard you know so when i, I have tr- viviano every single day you know day in day out he's coming out to help me and maybe he's so much faster you know so when i got into pony's guard he was a little bit slower than i i was anticipating you know training with bibi and that that kind of pace that he puts on and then when I got in with, with Honey, he was a little bit more relaxed, which made it easier for me. And I, I didn't expect that. It kind of threw me off how, like, not necessarily just, like, lack of words, lazy. You know, he just kind of yeah. hung out. He was comfortable being there. And where Bibby's, like, constantly working, moving his angles, trying to get up, which that's what I was training for all camp, you know, eight weeks to that. And then so when I got into the fight, it was no problem. And then as for him being on top of me, I'm, I'm really confident with my get-ups. Especially when, as soon as we hit the mat, like I said, it was a slip in the first round. So as soon as we hit the mat, I had the underhook. And I knew, like, that's my bread and butter there, is that underhook. And then sitting up into it, turning into the cage, like, that's just routine stuff for me. So uh, it was perfect for that, man. So immediately following the fight in your post-fight speech, before we get to the call-outs, you said that you weren't impressed by your performance sort of you know george st pierre-esque um a few weeks removed here uh do you feel any different than that yeah i think i was a little hard on myself you know right after the fight i was thinking about the me and thinking about how i dropped around and how i didn't like that and i I really wanted to finish and so i i think what right right after the fight i was kind of just more emotions on that when i went back and looked at it you know considering the the circumstances i'm pretty proud of the the performance, you know, like going into his backyard. I was, you know, I had the feeling flying over there that I was brought there to lose in a sense. You know, it's, he needs a win. He's their hometown guy. It was kind of like a risk gamble kind of thing. And uh, I'm just glad I got this. I'll never be in a crowd that I think is as, as hostile as that. And like I said, getting hurt in that fight, that's something I've never been in. I've always, you know, been on the dominating end of things. So it was nice to be, as much as it weird as it sounds, it was like a blessing in disguise. It's nice to get to get hurt like that and have to come back and recover and keep them close. And you know, and I was so present during the fight that, you know, I remember everything happening there. I remember looking up at the ref saying like, "I'm fine, you know, don't stop this." Yeah. And then thinking about like how how I got to recoup and you know come back. And I knew I'd lost that round. I was like, okay, we just got to chill out here. 
keep them close when we stood up, keep the movement going. And, and then I just remember coming back to the, to the corner and talking to Sean and saying like, all right, let's get this. You know, we got the third round to go here. And I remember watch like rewatching the fight, like how we were going back and forth, like talking. Like that was just me being present, which I'm so happy for. That's just time in the ring, you know. For sure. Hey, Dave. Before we move on here, do you have any questions regarding you know his fight, Brazil, whatnot? Uh, before we move into these callouts of Andre Feely and Darren Elkins. He had just said something pretty interesting to me. He said that he had been um, brought down to Brazil to to lose. How many fights do you think you got to go through before they're bringing you in? not to lose, to be that guy. When do you think you're going to get that push? I think, I think that was the test that I needed to pass in a sense. Whereas my first fight, I was, I had to jump up a weight class and it was, it was pretty short notice. Like I remember I had five weeks on that one. And then uh, again, this one, I I'm coming into a guy who desperately needs a win in his own backyard. And so I think now this time I, I'll be looking at, I'm two and in the UFC. I mean, I hope, you know, Sean's always looking at, hey, this is a kid that we can build. You know, my age, I'm young, I'm, I, I can be that face of Canada, you know. So uh, I think that was just in the way I won. You know, I, I had to rally back, and I came out as fresh in the third as I was in the first, and that's something I pride myself on. So I think this, these guys, like my, my size and my, my style is going to be hard for a lot of people. I just hope, you know, Sean Shelby realizes that and books me in a fight that, you know, something good that, it's something reasonable and something close. So the call out, as we said, Andre Feely, Darren Elkins, these are two guys that you know a bit about. Elkins wasn't at Alpha Male when you were there. Feely was, but you didn't no. get much training with him. He was on the mat with you. Um, yeah. Feely's whole crew gets behind him on this one after the call out, you know, getting on Twitter and whatnot. You guys have a bit of a Twitter beef. This past week, Stud Show Radio, which is the Team Alpha Male radio show, if you guys don't know, uh, they Feely was on the show. JBC calls in. Feely doesn't really like the way you called him out. Looking back at it, I don't think personally that it was very undermining, and that was the word that Feely used nonstop in that interview or that yeah. that show. Why do you think he was so focused on you being undermining? I, you know, I don't even know. Like, I think he's just sensitive. You know, he knows I'm a bad fight for him. And, you know, he just took it completely out of context. You know, I think he was thinking that, which I don't know how, but I think he was going with that since I had trained there, that's the reason why I wanted to fight him. And I think that was the first thing I said why it wasn't. You know, so I, I don't know where he came up with that. I think even in the interviews that I said, you know, I've trained there before but I have nothing against these guys. You know, I've, I've never trained with them, you know, so do you I, think, just, it, you know, do you think the that. fact that, do you think the fact that you said that you've trained there, like if you go back Maybe, and, like, and you redo the interview, that's what I mean. Do you think that if you were to redo it again, if you could go back, you wouldn't necessarily say that you've trained there. You would just call out those two guys. Yeah, I would just call those guys out. But the way I was, I was meant to say it was like, Hey, like I know I've trained there before, but I have nothing against these guys. You know, it's not that's not the reason. But it, obviously, at the heat of the moment, I just fought three rounds. You know, so if he wants to take it whatever way he wants, you know, I've I've explained myself. I don't really care. You know, if he thinks that, then go ahead. You know, he knows that we've never trained firsthand, so why would he even think that's a, a an issue? You know, so, I just I look at the division. It's just a funny fact. Like, oh yeah, for sure. What are the kind of things that they both are at that gym? You know. But uh, 
So they're just named because, like I said, the reasoning behind them was first, I think I match up great with them for different reasons. Like they're both different fighters, but I think I match up great with them. They're both, you know, a step in the right direction for me, especially Elkins. And uh, you look at the reason why was Elkins, Mursad, I was supposed to fight him or whatever yeah. in a late notice thing. And he was an upward coming guy. So I kind of had my eye on him. And then Elkins goes out and beats him a week before my fight. So what he, why wouldn't his name be fresh, you know? And then back at, back in October when Ortega got hurt against Hakron, I wanted that fight. And I was really campaigning for it. I was messaging Sean Shelby for it. And it was right after my first fight. And then Sean Shelby got back to me and said, hey, look, we got somebody who's on the roster that, that already took it. And it ended up being Feely. And then Feely goes out and wins that fight. So he is, his name's been on my mind since October, you know? I haven't really said it because I haven't had the need to, but that's the reason why is because my my focus was on that Hakron Diaz fight with him, and he ended up winning it, which Hakron was ranked high. I think Feely was even in the top 15 at the end of last year or right, right before him, like right after that fight. So I'm, I'm looking at these guys like by the end of the year, man, I want to be in the top 15. So I got to take these smart decisions and look at who's in the top 15, who's close to the top 15 who's booked for a fight and let's get after it kind of thing you know i just want to get booked and let's do it after uh being on the show and yapping back and forth with feely there is is he the guy that you want more than elkins now then oh definitely now like just the the way he brought this whole thing and made it personal and had his whole little like fanboys rally behind him and everything Mm. like that's definitely that's definitely what I want now. You know, Elkins is, hasn't said anything. I think Elkins is going to be shelved for a while anyways. So, see, and I honestly, I match up better with Feely. So, let's let's do it. I think he knows that. So, I, I think he's, uh, I don't think he wants to fight as much as he said he did on that radio show. <laughs> and he said he'd meet you out back in the alley. I mean, come on, you're an MMA fighter. You're yeah. not You're not a back alley brawler. Let's, let's get paid, man. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> Were you... Here. So when you were down at Alpha Male, Buckles obviously was there. Um, he know did, did you get a lot of training in with him because he's the main man behind Feely? Yeah, uh, no, no, I didn't really like. Like I said, when I was there, it was a couple of years ago. And the transition period, I think, you know, TJ was still there, but he was on and off. Um, Martin Campen was the head guy at the time, um, so I, I got lots of training in with it with Martin and. Uh, you know, Dwayne had just left. Chad was getting ready for his Connor fight, so a lot of focus was on that. You know, I was, I was, I pulled my hamstring, so I was kind of injured, and I was just, for the last half of it, I spent money to go down there, you know, for that experience, so I didn't want to just miss it. So I was kind of like just drilling and then sitting out for the second half. And the first half, Andre was injured, you know, so he was, uh, he wasn't doing much. And like, I, I got along with him, you know. Was, yeah. I t- and everything like that. Like I have nothing against these guys. It's just, you know, you got to be selfish in this game. And uh, I'm sorry I trained with you two years ago or trained alongside with you a couple years ago, but, you know, that's the fight I want to make. And, and you've obviously grown a lot as a fighter, as has he. But, you know, he had a lot of trash to say about you and what he saw from you inside the gym. Do you... Does that is that a little odd for you? Because you said, you know, he was on the mats at the same time as you but you never actually trained with him. I'm sure you don't have a lot to say about him because you were doing your own training on one side of the mat. Does that mean he was sitting on the other side of the mat staring at you training or what? I, I, I know, I guess, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't, uh, 
I didn't even pay attention to it. I was I was getting ready for Kyle Nelson, and like I said, I was I had a pulled hamstring, so I wasn't doing too much. You know, I was just drilling. I was doing a lot of rolling, and uh, I couldn't do much. You know, so um, near the end there, and I don't know if he was looking or or what. I don't I don't care. He's probably just talking talking shit to be honest. Feely says er, that he contacted Sean Shelby. Have you had any interaction about this? I know you probably can't speak about it too much, but have you put the word out there uh, with Sean and the UFC that this is the match that you want, or has it just been a, a shout-out yeah. in social media and whatnot? Oh, my manager was on them right away about the, the Feely thing, and, and you know the Feely thing made, made quite a bit of buzz, so I think Sean already knew about it. Um, but if we're going to be honest, that fight's not happening in Nashville. You know, like he's wishful thinking. The fight card has thirteen fights on it, and it's you know under five weeks now. So I'm I'm not banking on that. I don't care. I'm looking at, like I said from the beginning, I want July International Fight Week. If he doesn't want to wait that long, that's too bad for him. You know, he's not going to get booked. Um, if he does get booked, who cares? Just give me somebody else. Then, like I said, it, it's the match I want, but it's not the match I need. So whatever, really. Definitely. Fair enough. Dave, I know you have a few questions for JBC here. I think you pretty much hit them all. We hit them all. We hit them all. <laughs> all right. Well, we can't wait to see you get back inside the cage there, Jer. Um, you, you put on an absolutely epic performance, uh, picking up the victory down in Brazil. Really appreciate your time today. Uh, just any shout-outs you want to give, the floor is yours, man. Oh, yeah, man. Just you know, all my supporters, friends and family back home, you know, Revolution, Hangry Health Bar, Active Body, Pit Meadows, and yeah, thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot, buddy. Can't wait to see you back in there. Thanks for coming on the show, Jer. Good luck. Uh, thank you. See you later. Later. Cool. Jeremy, JBC Kennedy, you know, picking up the big victory. Has words for uh, Andre Feely. Not so many for Darren Elkins because that guy's probably going to be on the shelf, but uh, I'd like to see him fight Feely. I think that's an exciting matchup. Feely's got knockout power and whatnot, but Jer has the wrestling. Uh, Dave, do you know much about Feely? I don't, unfortunately. I didn't do my I did my research on one side of the one side of the fight cage today, and not um, unfortunately on his opponent or <laughs> the fair. person that he has a beef with. <laughs> yeah, it was. I I uh, watched MMA beefs. The, I love them. I I, I, oh, I think yeah. that people should do more of these things. I think they should call out more, call out people at the end of fights. Uh, stir the pot. Make something happen. If you're just the guy that just goes, I don't care. Just give me somebody. That's not exciting enough. I mean, right now is a time where there's money to be made, and if it's it's on you to sell yourself. Well, and that's what the UFC wants nowadays. Dana White, the UFC, they they want you to be that face. They want guys to be stars, and you're not going to be a star if you're sitting in the cage saying, oh, whoever the UFC gives me. You're going to be a star if you get out there and you're brash and you get to sort of, you know, pick your fights. And it seems like Jer is hopefully going to be able to do that. Um, Andre Feely, Darren Elkins, hopefully he gets one of them, and uh, hopefully it's International Fight League like he wants. I mean, there's three cards Usually on International Fight Week, well, there was last year. There was the tough finale, there was the fight night, and then there was the big pay-per-view. So amongst those three fights, I'm, I'm sure he'll end up on one of those cards. He has the potential to be somebody that the UFC gets behind. Canada is one of the biggest markets, the biggest market per capita. They just, they've been absent in the last little while with... Um, 
the retiring uh, not, with the retiring of George St. Pierre there for a bit, uh, the departure of Roy McDonald, they've had nobody to push in this market. He's he's well spoken. He's a good looking kid. Uh, if he can get a couple really impressive wins, um, the two wins that he has had in the UFC so far have, have been decisions that he's grinded out victories. Um, in the last one, he had to come back. Uh, I the it's kind of ironic that one he was the hometown hero. And he was he was brought in to win, and then on the next fight he was actually uh, going against the hometown hero and brought in to yeah. lose. <laughs> so you can tell they haven't got behind him yet. They'll use him sparingly, um, but if he can get a couple really impressive wins, like I said, Canada's a huge market. They need somebody else to push push outside of George St Pierre because let's be honest, he's George is only going to be back for a few fights at most, maybe three. At twenty four years old, he has potential. Just, just a couple impressive wins, just, and then uh, Shelby will take notice and, and use him as that uh, marketing vehicle for this market here in Canada. So thanks to Jeremy J.B.C. Kennedy for joining the show. Another fun episode, episode number two of the Sucka Voice Radio Hour. Dave, you have anything before we let uh, these listeners turn off the headphones? Jeez, uh, you put me on the spot. Putting you on the spot, I, don't. I know. That's what, I like doing that. I like uh, I, I, putting on the spots. <laughs> thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, oh, I'm going on the road. We'll I know. That's out. what I wanted to talk to you about, the road trip. Yeah, yeah, I'm going exactly. on the road Exactly. I wanted to talk about that off the hop, but we got so into uh, Connor and Floyd that we never got into it. So this next week, you're uh, hitting the road. I'll be on the road, but it doesn't matter. I can call in. We can get this done. We can do a show. We will. Um, I think we have fights next week. Yeah, we do. We have the rampage, so we can uh, have a conversation after watching those. Give our yep. give a breakdown of the Bellator. Following week, following week, there is a UFC. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind getting into Bellator's first, or sorry, I shouldn't say first, Bellator's second pay per view. Yeah, stacked just announced, shit. Chael uh, Sonnen versus uh, Vanderlei Silva, and whether that's pay per view worthy, because I am questioning whether it is. <laughs> So Canada-wide road trip, hitting the road in a car, in a van, in a... In a Ford F-150, all done out as an RDS mobile. So anybody that doesn't know, um, that is, uh, I'm new to them and they don't listen to the other shows that I'm part of. I am one of the owners and the designers of Red Dragon Apparel, RDS. It's a Canadian skateboard brand. So I'm going out on a sales trip with one of my sales reps. This is something I haven't done in about 11 years, so... Um, shops like to meet the owners now and then. So I'm going on the road, going, uh, I think it's 23 cities and towns in, I think it's like nine days. So it's like wow. a lot of, uh, a lot of kissing babies, hugs, uh, shaking hands, photos, photo ops. Um, I'll be letting everybody know on social media, this boy's life, uh, what little town that I'll be in. And I can't wait to meet as many of the fans of RDS or hopefully some sucker sucker voice radio fans as well as uh, this boy's life uh, my podcast that is available on iTunes as well as my radio show that's on Sirius XM every Saturdays at 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern 8 Pacific on faction talk that's a Sirius XM uh, show anyways yeah, that's it. That's all the plugs I had. Oh, I have a website, thisboyslife.com. Go over, buy yourself a t-shirt. Uh, you can be trendy and uh, stylish. That's uh, I can help you out there. If you, if you feel you're lacking in that department, just head over there, buy yourself a tank top or a t-shirt, and voila, you're now uh, trendy and stylish. 
Trendy and stylish. The Sucker Voice Radio Hour is very trendy and stylish. If you want to keep up with Dave, he said, at this boy's life, make sure you follow his stories. I'm sure they're going to be this whole road trip galore, um, story-filled Instagram posts and whatnot. Keep up with him there. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Jeremy underscore 604, on Twitter at Jeremy Brand 604. Uh, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, do all that other stuff. The Sucka Voice Radio Hour. I got it right that time. Uh, and check out MMASucka.com. That does it for another episode of the Sucka Voice Radio Hour. We are out. Peace out, yo. Is someone calling in? Okay, I got it. Uh, Hello, you're on there. Who's this? Five weeks, Nashville. Let's who, go. Who's this? 32 seconds. You know who it is. You gave me your number. Is this is this Jeremy Kennedy, sir? <laughs> yes, sir. How how can we prove that this is you and you're not one of one of our million fans calling in? <laughs> uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. You just texted me and I'm. All right, you want to fight Feely? Well, millions of people saw that. You got to say something only Jeremy Kennedy would know. Let's hear. I want to hear your accent. Say about. I can't hear this. Turn off what? your sound in the background. I, yeah, maybe if you clean the shit out of your ears, you'd be able to hear us, sir. <laughs> I, dude, I can't even hear anything you have to say. Uh, That's do you, a, a do you speak English? You want this fight? <laughs> I want to fight Nashville in five weeks, whatever, against Andre Felix. Okay, cool. slow down. Can you hear me, sir? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, I can. Okay, you can hear me. Okay, so you yeah. say you want to fight Feely. Is that what you're saying? Sure, yes. Whoa, 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 whoa! Now you're saying sure? That doesn't sound very absolute to me. That sound sound like someone that's kind of being pressured I, into I was, something. I was asking for this fight in the first place. I don't know how it got to. I'm scared now. I believe Feely was saying he didn't want the fight, so I'm just confused. No, I'm situation. saying what I said was what I said was why the fuck would you call out me or Elkins? First of all, in a very underhanded way. Second, what I said was I don't think you deserve to fight me. The third thing is. Because the UFC is only offering me short notice fights and you keep badgering about a fight, fuck it. Why don't I take a sh- fight on short notice, beat you up, and get my contract we, renegotiated? We don't even have to do it for short notice. We can do it whenever. I said, I said July, international fight. I don't want to wait till July to fight. That long, okay? I do not want to wait. Five weeks. I don't care, man. Let's do Nashville. What, I, I, what I, I'm wondering is... what I am Hey, here's what I'm wondering. Here, now, let me explain it to you. Let me explain this to you. If you would have just said, "Hey, I want to fight Touchy Feely for no reason. Hey, I want to fight. Da- I want to fight the Damage Elkins for no reason," I would have respected that more than you saying, "Oh yeah, I used to train with those guys, but I think I could beat him." Like you did it in the most, you did it in the most humble brag way. Like you're the you're the exact kind of guy who would call someone out and pretend like you're not calling them out. The fuck hey, out of here. Did you actually watch the actual call out? Yeah, I did. I did. Then how how in all was that? What I said. Wait, did, wait, wait, hold on, wait, wait, hold on. Let, okay, I'm asking you two questions. Did you say you had trained with us before? Yeah, and I. Okay, I wait, wait, wait. Second question: Did you say you could beat I us said, both after after you had trained with us? No. You didn't say that. You didn't say I it was a good matchup for us. I said, I said Elkins wasn't even there yet, and you were semi-injured, so I, and weren't like I never trained firsthand with you at all. So, so you how said, how could I go off of anything like that? You said in the you said in the interview, I trained with them. And then you said, I think I match up stylistically well with both of them. Even though me and him have completely different yeah. fucking yeah, that's styles. Yeah, watching your guys' fight. I, never, I haven't trained with you. You know, I train in the same room with you. That's it. 
So I you're admit you're fight. scared right now. I know, I know what you're saying. Listen, man. Listen, man. I texted Sean. I, listen, I texted Sean Shelby today. Hey, I'll fight Jeremy Kennedy in Nashville in five weeks. I'm waiting for him to respond back. Hopefully he does. We'll see if he can line there it up. Go. But but listen, listen. Don't try to play the fucking victim and talk about how, oh, like, now I'm the bad guy because these guys are making fun of you whatever. Uh, like, the, the fucking story is you asked to fight Mir Elkins in an in a underhanded fucking weird-ass way instead of just saying, yeah, I want to fight those guys. You did it in a weird, underhanded way. What and, I think you got to do is you got to go back and watch that again and actually think about what I said. It's him. I heard the about. He said, I, he said. I straight up mentioned you guys because oh, yeah. of where you guys are at at the rankings and how I think I can match up with you guys. Okay, well, listen, exactly listen regardless, I like, I feel like we've already talked about it too much. I don't have a genuine dislike for you. I just have a genuine dislike. I do. I have a genuine dislike for people who would call me out and do it in an underhanded way. And I, I dislike uh, yeah. hey, I dislike people I being passive-aggressive. So check this out. In five weeks, hopefully we can fight, and then you, and we'll see. Like, you asked to fight me. Hopefully in five weeks we can do it, and we'll fucking figure, we'll fucking figure out if that's what you really wanted. There we go. Okay. Cool. I, I never had anything personal against you and, or anything like that. I just... I wanted this fight. Hopefully, I get it in five weeks, and then that's it. I'm, I'm hearing very passive language. We'll what's we'll your see, Instagram? We'll that's what you really wanted. Jeremy, what's your Instagram? Yeah, Jeremy Kennedy, talk, 145. We already talked about this too much. Hopefully, we get to fucking figure this out. Cause well, I'm what I'm hearing. Because you think you match up well against me. I think I match up well against you. I don't know if you saw Hackman Diaz try to wrestle fuck me against the cage. It didn't work that well. Uh, that, I, think I, think I think that's, I think that's what you're going to try to do. That whole sentence in itself, Hacker and Diaz tried to wrestle fuck you. That's right. And it didn't work out very well for him. And since that's how you fight, I don't think it's going to work out for you either. Okay. There we go. So All right. are we done here? Yeah, we're done. I called in. I want this fight. See you guys later. All right. Fuck off.